1: Welcome my guest today, Leo Hershiker, Nico Hansen, Randall Libera and myself. are going to talk about world affairs and uh, we're going to talk about the state of humanity and uh, see what sort of conclusions and solutions that we can come to and hopefully we'll have some solutions here for you today uh, for you to put in your mind and and see uh, how you can uh, have a better world as well as us and create a world that is uh, working for us all. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, David. Um, Leo, I'm going to start with you because you, I just noticed that you were nodding off there. <laughs> um, you are from Austria originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to give us a, a brief overview of, um, of your life and uh, where you're from and where you're going and why you're so terribly disillusioned with everything?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was born in Austria, 1957. Uh, my parents immigrated to South Africa in 1961. Girl, you're old, so, aren't you? <laughs> <even though I laughs> um, lost my train of thought. No, I spent more than 40 years in South Africa. Um, came to the U.S. about six, seven years ago. Uh, live in Arizona and I uh, love it yeah. I think... Uh,
1: and uh, just so we can get the, these uh, these introductions out of the way, uh, go on to you, Randall Libero, Just a, a brief summary of of where you're at.
3: Uh, I'm the executive produ- producer for this program. I'm also executive producer for Voice America Talk Radio Network. And my thing that I've come to realize where my mission is in life is to use media consciously in a way in a way to awaken people's consciousness
1: uh, allow them to see themselves in an expanded new way and see the world in a more enlightened way. Good Lord. Uh, that was excellent, Randall. I thought you were going (laughs) to go on for about 20 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Nico, Nico Hansen, uh, you're a blue domer. Um, tell us uh, briefly about that before we get into conversation and your background.
4: Oh, well, my background is, uh, I was born in Utah, a very small town. And, uh, grew up in a very small town, as we used to say, 600 counting the dead, and uh, then went to San Francisco, got into Buddhism, did that for, and still have a Buddhist practice, have left, I have left all my iss and isms behind, I have a Buddhist practice, but I'm not Buddhist, Uh, and... uh, What are you now?
1: I'm a Blue Domer. Okay, then. Yes. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about that?
4: Okay, well, when I was a child... um, I traveled around with my father. He was a sheep shearer, and we went through all of these western states and uh, to these big, dusty plains out there, and we would put up this huge uh, shearing plant and shear tens of thousands of sheep. I was about nine years old. And in the evening, all of those sheep shearers would hang around the campfire and talk around religion and talk about uh, politics and stuff. And there was one guy named Walt who— never talked he would shut up when it come to religion and so one night somebody confronted him and say hey Walt, why don't you talk about religion and don't you have a religion and he said yeah i'm very religious he says i'm a blue domer and i was a 9 year old and going blue domer I haven't heard that one and so he says what's a blue domer he says look up and there was this most beautiful sunset it was just that I'd ever been made aware of and it was just obvious and he says, I'm in the temple of the big blue dome all the time. How, do you, how much did he drunk by this stage? <laughs> no, he, he was he, was, uh, he was serious. <laughs> didn't drink, oddly enough, but I knew right then that I was a blue domer too and I should have left it that way, but I didn't and I went through all of kind of religions and I've come back to start a spiritual social network that I'm putting together right now on the internet for uh, closeted Blue Domers all over the world who uh, have have given up on fundamentalism and uh, know that we can no longer afford fundamentalism in any form uh, because it's dangerous. It
1: fractionalizes us. We have to be more tolerant. Okay, so thank you for that, Nico. Going forward, uh, we're going to make this as a very um, open discussion so anybody can talk whenever they want to um... and uh, let's uh, let's finish up in a good fist fight here um... <laughs> so we, we're talking about uh... we're talking about the world affairs today and we're talking about where people are uh, where um... our world is um... W- w- Anybody can jump in here, uh, Leo. Maybe you want to start with this uh, in in respect to Europe, perhaps, and looking at it from that point of view. Um, what is it that we're? What are the values that we're losing today? Uh, what are we seeing occur um, in our society today? Do you think that that needs to be uh, brought back?
2: I don't know what needs to be brought back. I, I think that. Um... Don't hold back here, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> well. I... I mean, you know me very well. Uh, you know, I just see all the protests that are, that have started in the last week, and so, you know, I think as the weather's going to get better, I think there's going to be a lot of people, and there's some really uh, pissed off people out there, and they're going to, um, you know, they're, they're not very happy. I think uh, as far as uh, traditional values are concerned, I mean, the the world has moved through a generation of of the Internet, of of capitalism, of, you know, there's... Uh, Sure, we've always had capitalism, but the kind of capitalism that it's, that it's gravitated towards is—I don't think it's been good for, for for humanity, and I think we've we've all lost our, our way a little bit. And uh, I think the, the, the chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, you know, whether, you, you, whether you, we all become blue Domers or, or, or Buddhists or whatever—I don't, I don't know—but I think I think people are just sort of disillusioned in in general. I think, um no matter what the media, what what spin they put on it, and and and, and what Hollywood says, and all these touchy-feely good things, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people hurting, and and they are looking for something, you know, what it is, I don't know, but I I, I, I believe that when the change comes, we're not going to be able to predict it, you know, it, it, the change will overwhelm us, and we will be able to see it in hindsight. I don't I don't believe that we can predict the future, so I, I think. We just have to ride it out and it's going, to be, it's going to be a good ride.
1: Well, if you look back at social history, usually you'll see um, things changing very rapidly, whether it's uh, Napoleon, Hitler or any other individual. I mean, are you saying maybe, Randall, you want to uh, jump in here? Are we possibly seeing a change in our world very rapidly because of an individual that comes back like Gandhi? Is, is that uh, – we, could we see that? Well, if we look at history as a as an indicator,
3: um, the change in countries, say for example, the fall of Rome, came from one uh, the erosion of the ethical practices of the people who were making up the government, which we see parallel today. Uh, also, we see that there is uh, a growing discontent on the from the perspective of the people from the inside, from the people on the street, uh, the everyday lives, working people, people who are just trying to get by and survive, we see a growing discontent. Again, that's happening today. So looking at history as an indicator, yeah, we have the same pattern that's being repeated. And why? Because societies work in in a similar way and they work that way throughout history. What we're finding right now is that this juncture in history, that there's something else occurring, That has been talked about by many ancient cultures, traditional people from all over the world that are telling us something is different today. Something is up. That is, one, not really happened in the way that it's happening now before in history. This is a context from – we have to look from the larger picture from a – what you would say maybe a spiritual or cosmological perspective. That there's an energy happening right now on the planet in all sorts of ways that people are beginning to wake up. So this is not just happening, happening in our country. It's happening globally. People are realizing there's more to life than what appears on the surface. And they're being able to sense other realities, other perspectives. And therefore, they're looking at how we're being ruled. And I mean ruled. And so that ruling idea, that ideology is not in harmony with this awakening. Who, so you who, have this discontent
1: growing. You're talking about ruling. Who, who's ruling here?
3: The governments of the world
1: and industry
3: not necessarily industry but the governments because those are the ones who are who are who are made up of lawyers who are enacting our our regulations
1: yeah but don't you think that industry has become stronger than government now
3: well the corporatocracy that's happening around the planet that the you know it's just like in star wars the uh, you know it's a trade war that's going on all over the world and who's got who's going to position themselves to be the leader in the game you can you can look at the uh, if you want to look at metaphorically, you can kind of use our governments if you think of the casinos in Las Vegas, they're basically like casinos. Each government in the world is like their own their own hotel, their own casino. And they run, they have people come in who spend money there, but out of that money that's spent back and forth, there really isn't any good that's being done except for to put money in the coffers of the of the casino and the hotel. And then they they're at war with each other, sort of like the mafia. So when something doesn't go right, one country doesn't like what another country's doing, they hit that country in some form, whatever that may be, whether they introduce a, a bioweapon, a disease, whether they send troops in, whether whatever. It's like that's seemingly what's going on today. Who would like to respond to that?
4: Well, current events. Uh, driving down the highway yesterday, I learned that Greece is broke, like way past broke, and they have changed from their currency to the euro, right? And everybody's in the European Union, mm. and so one government and they're trying to do the United States except with governments of countries and uh, are finding it very, very difficult to come together on anything because, uh, number one, they have no control over now their uh, the sanctity of their borders uh, monetarily. So they are finding out right now if they can make a United States government, a United States-style government out of the European continent and everything else. And it's not working very well because everybody is holding on to what's right now. Everybody Change is incredibly difficult culturally. And we're in a war in Afghanistan that nobody understands. Everybody across the board that I've heard, all of the, that wonderful panel of experts that they all gather together have all said there is no solution. There is no chance, and we have to try. <laughs> so what you're talking about, what you're talking about. Yeah. Try to accomplish what? And, uh, and, and uh, <laughs> try to change 4,000 years of history, whatever
1: what 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 what's uh, happening in europe there with greece i mean greece isn't is not a mess it's broke well, the 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 banks have been actually had a run probably 6 months ago 8 months ago um the whole European Union, when it was set up in seventy one when when Heath uh, um, brought the uh, Great Britain into the european union was was uh, faulted right from the beginning what, uh, creating a common market w- w- common market to what 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 is it common to it it seems to have just uh, dis- destroyed the the mechanisms and the cultures in all of those countries whether it's france spain um, it, it isn't isn't that a way of as you say just federalizing something instead of keeping this this great cultural diversity that you had before the European Union?
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, essentially what they've tried to do is they've tried to flatten the world by globalize, with globalization, and we all pretend that everybody's the same, and we're not all the same. I mean, the, the, the work ethic in Germany is different to the work ethic in Greece. I mean, the Greeks, the Greeks are lazy. Com- you know, if, if seen in the perspective of right. the Germans, okay? the Greeks are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're lazy. Oh, write they, that down. They're lazy. <laughs> they like they, they sit. They play. They play backgammon, which they call Dovely. The whole day, they drink. Uh, they drink uh, copious amounts of Turkish coffee. Smoke cigarettes. How do you know this? My, I have a brother who's half Greek. I, I, know, I, know the, I know the Greek community very well. Oh God! They, they, and, and the Greeks. Yeah. Well, you know, that's. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to do that the whole day, right, you know, who am I to say that you you you're lazy or? Yeah, but you know. why are
1: they doing it? It's a social system that's been created that that incites everybody to sitting down in front of a television, even the kids, which no. is beginning to happen here because what? they've got a socialized system behind them. Is that essentially what's at the no. core of this?
2: No. Look, I mean, the Papandreou family has been stealing from the the the, the, the population for, for for decades. You know, they're they're the richest one of the richest families, and I think the the power, the power, uh, the balance of power in, in in Greece has always been between two families. You know, and, and and at the end of the day, the the guy in the street maybe he likes to drink coffee and, and smoke cigarettes the whole day. I I, I don't know. Sounds great.
4: It's interesting. <laughs> uh, I just saw this thing on uh, the Greek Orthodox compa- the Mm-hmm. The essentially the Pope of the Greek Orthodox, yes. Orthodox Church, and I mean they've got his he, they've got him screwed down to nothing. Mm. He can't even. I mean, here's this ancient ancient church and the Muslim community around him have just kind of like sucked yeah. him dry. That he can't he can't do anything. And well,
1: isn't that indicative in Italy where they banned all the crucifixes from every educational establishment?
4: Well, and, and, uh, among other things. But uh, that's, that's the whole idea is that, that's fundamentalism. And I don't know which side of that you're on, but it doesn't work anymore. We've got to get out of this. And somehow uh, getting out of it without uh, – we've already found out through MAD, the mi- mutually assured destruction, we are willing to wipe ourselves out Okay, as a human race. So we
2: got to be really careful. I, I, I disagree with you with that though. I think that that's a seed that was implanted by your government into your mind. I, I don't, I, you know, um, it's cause and effect. You know, wow, we've got this enemy. You know, we have to defeat them. And you create this enemy, whether it's communism or, or Marxism or whatever it is. And and your and your own government uh, hypes you through the media and the propaganda, where you eventually end up under a table at twelve o'clock to practice drills. What it, what happens in case of a, of, of of, of a Absolutely. nuclear attack, so I think uh, this, the fear fi- mongers in government and in mm-hmm. business, those are the those are the that's the evil in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, Cheney uh, just put out his memoirs and says everything he did was just
4: perfect, and I'm going, where was I sleeping? I mean, really? <laughs> but he made a lot
2: of money. Said so was perfect. Well, for but him. I'm
4: just saying, uh, we just watched the whole thing melt down in front of our eyes. And now the Tea Party's coming together. I'm going, where were you when that was happening?
3: Well, the okay. interesting thing is that he can come out on television, say that, and say, I did everything right. And everyone, for the most part, says, yeah, well, kind of, you kind of did, but some things you didn't. The man should be in jail. I mean, he spoke out against the Constitution, against his own office. Hmm. He basically said that, well, the vice president's office is not really part of the executive branch, blah, blah, blah. You know, I used to work for the government. You take an oath of office to uphold the Constitution. And in that statement, which I can't – I'm only paraphrasing it. I'm not quoting it exactly. He spoke out against his office and against the Constitution. And if you read the Constitution, you'll see that if you speak out and you are a government official, especially in high position, you're considered an enemy of the state. And when you're considered an enemy of the state in a traitor, according to the Constitution, where do you end up? In jail. Hmm. Where, why isn't he in jail? Well, and uh, on that little bit, I mean, that's
1: <laughs>
4: just that's a technicality.
1: Well, well, they can't cash him because he's be going, be going up, uh, between all these it's Barnes and Noble bookstores too quickly th- and signing autographs. Yeah, right.
4: yeah. It's it's true, and it's it's a strange thing, and that's hence, you know, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, flailing at the wind with the blue domer thing, but it's just my little my little thing to say, anybody. That's the whole idea of it is we have to start communicating and we ha- – and th- the beauty, the beauty of the internet and the electronic grid mm-hmm. is it doesn't know where the United States stops and Mexico starts.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't you agree with me that the internet is also its own enemy? Oh, I it's mean it's pumping out so much The good, the bad now. and
4: the ugly. <laughs> and so hopefully we can create platforms where in just this little center of it, this little corner of it, we're, we're trying to gather like-minded people – To be responsible and cross those borders and cross all of those things and have a discussion out in the open uh, about what we can do instead of uh, fundamentalism, instead of uh, killing each other, instead of it's it's about uh, enough of us coming together and saying, and it's just loosely based on saying I'm a blue domer, meaning I'm neutral to all of this that goes on in the religious community, okay?
1: But, you know, there is a sense of urgency here. Uh, yeah. You know, one thing that we all forget about is our children, and I've got an 11-year-old daughter, and I am absolutely worried, sick about their future. So, look, we can all talk about this until the cows come home. We can all become another news uh, anchor uh, and talk about what's going wrong in the world, but what are the solutions here? And, and in saying that, you would be able to talk to this, Leo, maybe... You know what is it got to take for things to change? I mean look uh, you know one thousand nine hundred and thirty three you had Hitler came along, you had this enormous change and and things change, and they either go bad or they're or they 're good most of the time it 's just an awful lot of people lined up against a wall and shot but in saying that do you nece- do you necessarily at this stage to have have to have a change notwithstanding the outcome just to to get us out of this Uh, quandary that we're in and 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 i would ask you do do you think that that's occurring in europe and it could it occur in europe before it occurs here
2: no i don't think we're going to go down that road again they won't let it happen you know i think that um if if it's going to happen i mean it's happened in rwanda and i mean we all uh, what we were doing when rwanda was happening we were playing on nintendo machines and we were going shopping at the local mall and we didn't actually care about it I mean, you know, so, I mean, uh, we, we tend to see things Eurocentrically in the Western media and I think that uh, it blots out what happens in a lot of, a large part of the world. We, we're not familiar with, uh, you know, CN, CNN packages a certain way. I mean, Haiti was packaged a certain way, you know. Um, we, we tend to see things through that prism of, of Western civilization or or. Whatever you want to name name tag you want to give it, so it has happened. You know, I mean, we've. I think Rwanda was what nearly a million people. Mm. You know, that's serious. That's a, that's a huge amount of people in a very short space of time. I think the Germans weren't even that efficient. You know, so. Um, I mean, you know, we, so and, it, and, 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 and Cambodia. You know, I mean, Cambodia. Well. I mean, that was also radical. You know, and,
4: I, I don't and what was wild about that? Okay, because I and I. That's where I can honestly have my opinion because I was in that era, and we were in that war. And we did whatever we did with that war, and when we got out, exactly what was going to happen happened anyway, okay? And it's like Mm
1: -hmm.
4: the United States has got to get a halt of this thing that uh, going, number one, we have no business going into Iraq, okay? Everybody knew it. And everybody's still pretending that it was the right thing to do. Like I said, uh, Carl Rogers wrote his book about it. Yep, that's, I'm glad we did it. I'm going, I'm glad you did too. You just sure. melted down my country in front of me that I fought for. Sure. Thanks, pal. And 25 years after it happened, McNamara comes forward and says,
2: Oh, <laughs> we screwed up. We were wrong. Don't tell me. Yeah, But, it's you know, it's it didn't just start at a certain point. I mean— the way this has been going on has been going on for a very, very long oh, time. You know? and it's and it's
4: and it's all very obvious so, up know? front, yeah. and we all just uh, let it happen. It's like I I don't know what the answer is, but fi- you know, coming back 25 years later and saying those uh, 56 thousand guys on that rock wall in Washington, plus the hundred and ten thousand that committed suicide afterwards, that's a real bad explanation for me. That oh, whoops, <laughs> we were wrong, and it's like. We got to be a lot more careful, and I don't think we were careful at all going into Iraq. And uh, I'm saying we, it's like ever, everybody got to stand up and say what they say, but uh, uh, you're killing our children over there, and I want everybody who is in charge of that to think about
2: it. Um, I, I had a, I heard a very interesting comment. Uh, how you feel about it is that uh, the comment was that America should have uh, the draft. If you had the draft in this country, and we wouldn't and, be there, and, and because it's democracy, we wouldn't be there. It's, it's, it's as long as politicians can send, you know, they they can hire people and fight wars, that you're going to have wars. And I mean, the conse- I agree with the you conse- totally. The consequences are borne by the taxpayer. I agree with the, you totally. If we're going
4: to have wars, then everybody ha- should have some skin in the game. Yeah. Okay. Before you vote on a war, you should have some skin in the game. Hmm. Okay, I've been on
2: the other side of that. Uh, what I was, was going to say as well, I mean, uh, Germany and Japan, who, who are both vanquished, and I think today Germany is a, a republic again. I don't know if they have their own constitution. Some people say they don't. Uh, Japan, the, the constitution was written by the United States. Um, America still has about thirty to 40,000 personnel in, West, in Germany, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's close to 100,000 uh, in Japan I think there's a lot of pissed off people in Japan who yeah. want to get people out of Okinawa and so forth. Yeah. Now, the question is, why are we there? You know, and it's, I mean, I think they've got like six, 700 or 800. Right. So there's a
3: solution. We should pull troops out of every country that we are at peace with. Yeah, Real, that, sure. There's a start. And, you know, that's been talked about. When well, Ron Paul was running for president, he talked about
2: that. Sure. We should do that. So what is the reluctance? No, the media slammed him. The media just—they just—they just throttled him. They, I mean, you spoke to the average guy in America and said, "Look, you know, I mean, this guy. Is, he, well, I thought he was making the right noises. I mean, you know, make the Federal Reserve responsible and, 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 and all these things. And, and, and the media just crucified him. That he's a kook. They, 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 it's as if he's like some some whack job from another and that's, planet. That's you know?
3: what they're really good at. Yeah. The exactly.
2: other thing is, when how do we know things are happening?
3: When we look at what's going on in another country, we're only seeing it through the filter of media, through news services, through internet, and we look at everything in a very, you know, in, in pieces. I mean, we we take this piece from this website and that blog and that TV show, and in our minds we put that together, and we create a false assumption of what we think is actually going on over there, rather than really seeing it firsthand. Mm. So somebody has to be there on the ground showing it to you. Say, for example, there is some country that they're having uh, uh, they're having an uprising uh, in some country somewhere. Let's say somewhere in Africa. Okay, if you got on a plane and went there and showed up there and went to the embassy and you got on the ground and and looked and said, "Where is this happening?"
2: Sure, it's not happening. I don't see it. Well, we had I I grew up in South Africa, and I mean, you had this. You read the, the Western newspapers, and South Africa's burning, and I'm going. Okay, I I live there, and I mean, I looked at the picture, and I said, okay, well, it it was a very narrow, narrow angle, and they must have pushed all the people together and give the mm-hmm. illusion that there's absolutely thousands of people. But that's right. That it, it, it wasn't how it was, you know. But the, obviously, the the media has a huge amount of clout, and they 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 make or break governments. They, I mean, they I think they're the lapdog of the corporations. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to more see the corporations as being in control. And that uh, the government is a lapdog rather than the government's oh, I, being I, in control. Oh, very Eisen, much. So.
4: Eisenhower told us, and yeah. you know, yeah. and he came. <laughs> he, he came from a very, very nice perspective. He says, "Watch these boys; they'll take it over." Okay, sure. and they did, and they have, and now it melted out. So now we have the best opportunity in the history of the United States to take it back. Okay, and that's what I'm about. With I don't care whether you call it blue domers, whatever you want to call it, but Whoever wants to gather together and say enough already, okay? But do you believe that change could be affected through peace? Absolutely. You believe that? I don't know know about peace. I know that the only way that change and history proves me out again, uh, Gandhi, Martin Luther King –
1: the strongest weapon we have is nonviolence for the bulk of humanity. Well, I just remind you that in uh, 1949, after India went independent and Gandhi said, hurrah, now the British have gone, they lost 350,000 people killed in riots. So, right. I mean, there, there's always sacrifice. There's, uh, there's always a, a negative side of that. Absolutely. But uh, I, I, are you not right here that something has to happen that is very severe, uh, very swift? To, to change things, uh, and in the United States, are, do people really have the will to 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 use something that quickly? I mean, w- what does it take in this country for people to actually change the, the methodology in government? And inspiration. I was
4: talking. I was in Las Vegas, which is a great thing this weekend to be talking about this because you can go there and anesthetize yourself. That I went to City <laughs> Center, which is, I mean. It's jaw-dropping around every, I don't know what they spent on, MGM, City Center. It's the largest, it's, it's like obscene. It's like the Jetsons. We finally got it. And it's uh,
1: a testament to... Uh, Excess. To what I call zombie <laughs> land. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't that all what America's all about?
4: Well, we get to choose, don't we? And uh, it's like... No, I don't think you get to choose.
2: Uh, You were given the pull.
4: (laughs) If if there were enough of us band together, we get to choose. But the point is we have the government we deserve right now, okay? That's the point. We have the government. It can't be if we're all one and that whole deal. We can't have a government that is representative of anything but what we are. And so we have to take a real hard, 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 hard look about who I am and what I believe. And what am I willing to, uh, what am I willing to put on the table? You know, and you're right. It's
1: about will. It's well, about finding the will. But doesn't that take risk? I mean, Always. It, it, I mean, it takes uh-huh. risks. For and I mean, look at us sitting around a table making complete fools of ourselves. Here. I know. I mean, that takes risk. it's <laughs> uh, I mean, Somebody to to, to <laughs> do see, to, to see, do that. And see and see those guys, These suicide bombers. Now they're committed. It's like having
4: ham and eggs. You know, the chicken made a contribution. The ham was committed, okay it's like uh, <laughs> right. It's like those suicide bombers are committed. are we willing to t- are we willing to step into the fire yeah,
1: but that that's not a that, that's not a comparative uh, commitment. You can't look at that as a, any sort of realistic, practical, sensible intellectually based commitment. But, that, that's just but you have to matters. find the will, and that's the kind of will we're dealing with so well the the question is in this country is that I, i'm I'm an Englishman, but I have no doubt that this is an incredibly great country i also my view is that it's going down uh, the hole very quickly oh, and agree with you and more. I would love to see something occur here very quickly, and it takes people everywhere to do that. But my question going back again is you can go on about what all the the conditions are and you can talk about all this until the cows come home. But uh, how are you going to pull people together? How, how In such, en masse, how are you going to pull them together? um, I have a solution. Go for it. (laughs) You want to know what my solution is? Go for
3: it. My solution is that people start thinking in terms of uh, free will again. That they are – that they have the power to choose yeah. and they can do whatever they want. If they don't like the government, they can get rid of it.
2: Yeah, but do we have that? Do we well, have you know
3: that? what? It's in the constitution and we have the right to do that. So, and even if we do get persecuted for it, we can always go back and say, now, look, we have the right to protest. We have the right to do all these things that's guaranteed our rights. This, our, our, we're going to we, – we're just following what it says. If the government's not following what it says, guess what? We have the power to choose to vote them out. I think that everyone that's in Congress now should be voted out next term. You want to know something? No, everyone who's in is out. You're not doing the job we want you to do. We're going to vote you out. We don't care what your platform is. You're gone, period. And we should start communicating a platform like that.
2: Look, look at the moment. You. I mean, I'm up to my eyes with this, with this health cable. I mean, you have uh, every everywhere you look. They want to push this through, and they need the votes. And Pelosi says this, and blah blah blah. They're, all, they're on about this. Care. I think it's important. Sure, I think it's important. It's not unimportant. But uh, I think I sent you that thing with Harry Reid, where he mm. said uh, 36,000 jobs lost in one day, and he like laughed at it. He says, "Well, it's it's actually it's it's actually good. <laughs> it wasn't uh, 42,000 jobs, you know." I'm going. I mean, these guys are crazy. I mean. They're on about the health care bill, and they, I mean, this this country's been lo- uh, hemorrhaging jobs for for a very long time, and I think, uh, like California, uh, some of the uh, some some counties have got twenty percent unemployment. Oh, it's crazy. You know, and 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 that and, I and, saw and, and, the
4: governor flying over the the delta up around Sacramento, and uh, it's dev- It's like they are that far away from those levees up in the delta. That supply about three quarters of the food to this country and every place else are about that, about an inch away from collapsing. And when they do, all of that salt water is going to come rushing in there and devastate our main deal here. And the governators out there saying, Oh, we can fix it. We can get more water. We can get. I'm going, somebody's got to step up and say, No, we can't get more water. We can't get any more of this stuff. We have to start thinking about. We don't have to have. We can have any. Everybody thinks we can have everything. You can't have everything. I think we can have something that that is sustainable. Oh, there okay. goes that word, David. Your favorite word. Your favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> I w-
1: I was uh, I was actually joking with uh, uh, Randall and Leo the other day because uh, the Keller University are now um, offering MBAs in sustainability. <laughs> But uh, back to your messages that you send, Leo, they're hysterical because you always like to accentuate them with a lot of bad language, don't you? <laughs> I have to <laughs> well, I don't know your eradicate program. them I to, you said I to, my know. system.
2: I was not allowed to use bad language on your program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, w- what is
1: it, Nico? I mean, you, you talk about this blue derma and, and, it's, and one should never um, dilute any idea at all about bringing people together. But what is it? In every every seriousness, what what is it about the the state that we find ourselves in now that has to be checked? How do how do we go about this? Our listeners and, obviously and, are going to be looking for answers here. Right? And
4: and in every mass movement, and a lot of people die. I understand. In, in the civil rights movement, uh, it seems like somebody has to martyr out. I don't know why. Martin Luther King. It doesn't matter who it is, somebody. But before they martyred out, okay, they stood up and went beyond leadership to inspiration. I'm looking for that guy, okay? So the Blue Domer concept is a, is that it's not going to be a guy, maybe, but it's, there's a lot of inspired leaders out there who can come aboard. I, I introduced Randall to a friend of mine. In Florida, that's working with the oceans and working. There's a lot of people out there doing wonderful things, mm-hmm. and my idea is that if you can collect and have a collective forum where people can just openly talk about and and leave some. Uh, oh, see, that's the power of my setting up the platform. Uh, if you want to come on and, and rant and rave and be hateful, I'll just cut you off. <laughs> you know, this is about peace. That's what it's about. It's about peaceful solutions, to of of very smart people and very inspirational people that want to come to the table and uh, combine our energies and combine. It's just a place to congregate where we can openly and without persecution discuss solutions.
1: Okay. Yeah, but how how is that going to be fair if you have somebody that comes onto the program and starts ranting and raving, and you're going to cut them off? Well, somebody
4: that—it's
1: uh, I mean, not like, democratic, is it? It's democratic to me in the sense that—but uh, isn't that the problem with the, with the world, the whole and, world, and, and right? The people, we we all have this ego, we all have this this opinion. How are we ever going to get over that? It's—and
4: uh, and that's what I'm saying. I have—if I knew, I'd be doing it. But I, I, all I can do is uh, what I can do, and that's what you know, and. I am going, I'm just going for a content creator about people who are doing wonderful things, okay? And we can argue about the wonderfulness of it or the sustainability of it, but facts and the power of uh, faith, okay? Faith is important in the sense that um, I happen to believe that there's enough of us uh, who, and that's the first place I have to start. I have to work on myself, and uh, obviously i got a long ways to go because I haven't gotten rid of my anger, okay? Uh, I have to turn it into passion, and I have to be dedicated, just like all the rest who came before me were, to nonviolence, okay? But same, having said that, now I have to... Uh, come from deep within my heart and talk to people on an open scale because we all see very, very, very clearly what the truth is that I'm going to create, I have the audacity to think that I can create a platform where everybody can bring their spirit, their heart, their
1: ideas and uh, unite. But do you do you think that people are really like that? I, I mean, know I mean, since the, I know since, people the, are. since the late 1500s, when we suddenly found out that we could use money instead of bartering, the whole world went towards this greedy mentality of of money becomes god, and and everything that that goes with that. Do you think that really people who are so uh, confused and so wrapped up in that whole lifestyle, they're ever going to sit down and say, you know what? When it hurts bad <laughs> enough, they will. Yeah, but you, you know, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, you know, I've lost everything now. I I think I'll go spiritual. I mean, do you think that people can do that?
4: I did it.
3: Well, it's the only place that they can find community is their church or their religious organization. Or yeah, and don't get me That's wrong. I'm, they're going to
1: turn to. Yeah, and I'm not being cynical yeah. about this no. because I'm going down that road. Where in fact i 've gone down that road and, and and I think that you have to start looking at yourself you start have to you, you start having having to accept your own limitations and you have to take on uh, empathy and you have to start listening to and talking to other people and and not judging uh, and believing that there is only one truth quite frankly and that 's the creator 's truth and and that is it and, and people can 't have their own truths but but you know how do you get from where we are today to a world where everybody is going to just say in this country, they're going to say, "Okay, enough. They're not going to say now we're going to blow the place up and and line everybody up against a brick wall in Washington. They're just going to say enough.
4: And if let's just say tomorrow, because we have the Internet and we can put the idea out there or however, it's going to be a cultural movement no matter how. Okay, it's got to be a cultural movement. In the sense of music art dance, whatever uh, because when I'm singing in a choir in the middle of Japan with forty eight people from forty eight other countries, it don't matter we're just hitting the note okay, and it's a nice feeling it's got to be a
1: cultural movement somehow and that is, and and that's a great premise but at the end of the day when you're talking about people having to work an industry having to continue you have to you have to there's two distinct areas there, aren't there? I mean, you have to look at industry, and you have to say, "Hang on a minute, we've still got to keep people employed. We've got to find a different paradigm here." Oh, so, it's and, all, then, you know, and, and 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 we have to teach
4: entrepreneurship, and especially in some of these countries where uh, the biggest step that's happened in centuries is just microcredit uh, for people to be entrepreneurs. For uh, you know,
2: uh, I just want to say something. Um, I saw a, a pictorial essay a couple of months ago, a year ago. I think I told you about it, David. Where they they took a family of various countries around the world, and they put them in their living room with their offspring. So the the, the husband, the wife, the offspring, and uh, they they arranged the the con- the consumption of food, what they what they consumed every month, and then you had. You had, like, the United States, you had, like, a, a, I think, a, a white family, you had a black family, you had a German family, you had an African family, you had a family from Bangladesh. I don't. I think there were maybe ten families. And the thing that struck me the most was that the Western family, if you looked at the demeanor, was like they were sad. They were actually – they weren't happy. And when you looked at somebody from, from Bangladesh – I think what they had, they had a sack of rice, they had a sack of beans, um, no sodas, no nothing. They had maybe five, six kids. They had a very humble living room that they were posing in. They were all smiling, you know. And I think that um, we, you know, when we try and export our ideas to Africa, and I've seen what the West does to Africa, you know, you're assuming those people are unhappy because their infant mortality rate is too high and their life expectancy is too low and it's, they, don't, they don't have 2.38 uh, kids and they don't have a car in the garage. We assume that they're unhappy. And I, I think, I, I think that's, that's, that happiness, happiness has got nothing to do with the, the Western way of, of seeing things. So we need to be careful of what we export to these countries. Maybe we should import something from those countries. Maybe those people should actually come here and teach us how to be happy. Because I think the more wealthy we are, and I mean you can see that up in Scottsdale, the the, the bigger the car, the more unhappy the person driving the car, you know. And and I think it's, that.
4: And and as yeah. when as I've traveled, I've traveled a lot in my life, and and going to, and that's the one thing you notice is that the simpler that the society is, it's like they it's like they have joy. It's it's sure. they never think about this stuff. They never think about. It, it, it's not even in their. It's not even in their consciousness to have a, to to be in Scottsdale or you know and have a big car. They. It's not even in their consciousness, and they
2: they're totally happy, completely. Maybe it's they don't, they don't have access to media. Maybe the media does too much. Maybe the media tells us you know you feel inadequate. Well, the media that's the media's job.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know that's the media's job. It's to bullshit us. <clears throat> yeah, and, and they're
2: and they're
3: instructed to do that too. Well, because they're controlled just like everything else is. If you watch. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy watching is The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and he often takes a story and then edits together all the responses of the media. Say for example, and they were talking about this healthcare bill and they had to go and meet with the president and this thing. All, just about every, if you look at all the commentators on all different channels, CNN, Fox, CNBC, you know, all of them, he cut them all together and they were all using a word or alluding to the idea of it being a trap. It's a trap. And he cut all those together and he does this every once in a while and he uses the same thing and you see this over and over again. Obviously, someone gets on the phone and calls all these media outlets and says, when you report this story, use the words, it's a trap or something close to it. And they all follow that because you wouldn't see that if that wasn't the case.
4: And I think that's a beautiful indicator of yeah. that show. That show has probably more influence, more impact on the the body politic in this country than, than the than the regular news shows. And it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I can't watch the news <laughs> anymore. I have to laugh at it. <laughs> But he does. He has he has more power and, and more influence on the, on most areas of, of at least the younger generation than the the network.
2: Right. Well, he tells us how absurd everything is. Well, well that's and it is absurd. <laughs> if you sometimes he
3: runs these clips of people that in congressmen and senators who just get on and they're being interviewed on you know by Katie Couric or somebody whatever, and they say the most insane things. He's like, what? Did he really say that? You know, <laughs>
2: sure.
3: You can't believe it. I mean, these people. What, what are they thinking? You're getting together. You're talking about a very important issue in this country, and you're making it seem like you're being coerced, or you something may happen to you when you get there. You don't. You don't know how big the room is, or, or you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. And they're saying things like that in the air. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. How are we going to sit down? Who, how are we going to meet? You know, who's going to be in what chairs? And it it's like, it's like, why, why are you concerning yourself with that? You go to this place and you have meetings there all the time why, why are you saying you don't even know what it's going to look like when you get there you've been there a million times you have meetings there all the time what are they trying to do i think they don't want a solution they don't want a solution to the health care crisis they just don't and Never. and they they're just they're positioning they're posturing they're they're bsing because you know you get senators and congressmen together in a room and they talk with each other they're all buddy buddies Republicans are buddies with Democrats. They're all, you know, but when they get in front of the cameras, it's a different story. It's all, well, he didn't say that. And he's attacking him and he's attacking him. and It's like, why do they do that? What, is, this, is this a dog and pony show or something? No, this is supposed to be our government at work. But it, obviously it's not working.
4: So in answer to your question, some authenticity from all of these folks would be uh, a, a breath of fresh air. But... Uh, that and I'm with you it might be too much to hope for
1: no i i let me we've we've got 8 minutes left and we we we're, we're down to the the final period here and what i really want to hear from the three of you is let me offer this out frugality and this is a a uh, gentleman that Randall and I know, and you've looked at his, has read his book, uh, Leo uh, Bruce Piasecki, who who has some some uh, good words to offer. But frugality is a is going to be our future, I'm sure. Absolutely, if we see oil running out, if we see uh, a, a lot of the things in our world running out, because it's it, our world is run by oil, and if we're going to see a world that is going to see all of us have a lot less, which in my opinion is going to be an awful lot better because I have travelled all over the world and the happiest people I've ever seen uh, are actually people who have nothing. Uh, Naive may be, but that's the way I see it. But if we've got a world of frugality, um, let's start with you, Randall, if we may. Could you lend some final remarks to that? Um, about how we could possibly look at becoming uh, together, uh, becoming more in unison with each other on the basis that we all know that we're going to finish up uh, with less um, on the basis that we all leave this blessed life um, with nothing as we came into it.
3: Well we all I think have to assess what our real needs are and and taking care of our families is is an important part of that uh, because when we're when we're taking care of ourselves and we we look 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 after our children and you know we have enough to eat and you know we can pay our bills and so forth then we have the foundation to be able to help other people and make and contribute in other ways and i think that um just kind of understanding that we don't need you know, here here's an example. It's just it's and it's also taking action. You know, my kids starting riding their bikes to school, and I'm going to start riding my bike to work now that it's it's warmer. So I'm I'm not going to drive my car. I'm going to use less gas, and maybe we'll go down to having one car. So just whatever that you think you can do is to sim- simply take some kind of action. And I'm not talking about changing light bulbs in your house. I mean doing something that's going to work for your family. Whether it does anything for the v- environment, who cares? You know whether it works for you. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. If you're saving money, if it helps you, then being frugal, I think, is is something that, um, in our culture, it's exactly the opposite. Just like you went to Las Vegas, it's the excess. So we have to flip our thinking into 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 uh, ways that we can assess our needs and figure out practical solutions just from our own individual families. Leo Herschka.
2: Well, I think we should instead of uh, being on this road to collecting a whole lot of stuff, we should go and see how f- how we can get through life with as little as possible. I think that's that's where the, that's where the the solution is. Um, it's, it's tough though to 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 try and to get there. You know, you're being bombarded. I mean, this inferiority that most of us have that we we don't feel sort of well, if we don't have that car or this watch or we live in that suburb or, or, or something like that, that needs to, you know, but I think the, 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 the economic climate's gonna that's going to do it to us anyway. That's, why, that's why,
1: how, why, why should we feel bad about having less when there are billions around the world who don't have anything at all and they're quite comfortable? Yeah, but we well, don't they're not comfortable, th- yeah, but, but they're in a lifestyle that they're used to.
2: The Americans don't see that. I mean, the average American doesn't even have a passport. He's never been out of the country. He doesn't know how Mexicans live in Mexico City. He doesn't know how Africa. I mean, it's it's. He sees a picture. He can't he can't imagine what it's like. He can't imagine that his wife has to get up in the morning and walk down to somewhere to go get a, a bucket of water, put it on her head, and, and and come back and do the you know. I mean, that's you don't have that here. And I mean, people here think it's it's bad when I don't know the electricity goes up. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, you know, the AC. I mean, turn up the AC, turn it down, whatever. Right. You know, I mean, most of all doesn't have an AC, sure. Nico Hansen.
1: Yes,
4: I think for frugality to work at all, someone has to come up with a way of making it fashionable. Because at least in this country, it must be fashionable, or it'll never happen. Well, the corporations are not going to do that. No, well, I'm just <laughs> saying it's <laughs> like, and I I say that because I w- I was listening again to the radio, and it was, it was one of the. Phoenix Mercury, the girls' basketball teams, and she was talking about all the years that they had to use the hand-me-downs from the boys' teams and the boys' buses. And now they pack stadiums. And and the the commentator says, well, what happened? And she says, somewhere... (laughs) I don't know where, I can draw a line there, but somewhere girls' basketball became fashionable. And this country runs on being fashionable. So uh, I think whatever we have to have... It has to be uh, observed as prestigious.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Nico Hansen, Randall Libero, Leo Hershiker, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. And everybody went very quiet on me. Uh, To our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this program as much as I did. Um, The Mad Hatters are now going to disappear and drink uh, inordinate amounts of coffee, (laughs) except for Randall who doesn't like coffee. But we do hope you've enjoyed it. You can find information on this and any any other program uh, on our official website, davidgibbons.org. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. (laughs)